Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Hey, how's everybody doing today? This is James Drills with the Art and BS Podcast. I wanted to talk to you guys about something for a second. The endangered freshwater walrus of California has been seen unsighted recently. Now you guys might say to yourself, James, I've never heard of a freshwater walrus in California. Well, I'm here to tell you they do indeed exist. So we have a problem, folks. The problem is these things have developed eating disorders. They've developed uh, certain types of problems with their skin. They've developed all types of rashes and bumps. And uh, I'm really concerned. So how can you help? How can I help, James, is what you might be asking. You guys can help by subscribing to the Art and BS Patreon. For the low, low price of $5 a month, you can help get the block up and popping so these freshwater walrus of California have a block to post on. You might think, hey, James, $5, I can do a little bit more than that. Well, you can go and invest a little bit more and get a bigger reward. You can invest $20, and if you're feeling froggy and you want a mystery package, you might be able to get $30. Well, James, yeah, this sounds all great and good, you might be thinking, but what am what am I getting? How am I getting proof of these freshwater walruses, you know, or walri, as I might call them, uh, you know, being preserved and having a block for them to post on? Well, let me tell you. You can go in and check out the Art MBS Patreon where we have a ton of bonus segments where you can listen to stories of the freshwater walrus not being on blocks posted up. You can listen to stories of Gamble in Africa. You can listen to stories of my failed attempts at doing things I had no business doing. You can listen to stories of marker recipes and all sorts of other tales of dragons and hyenas with lizard tongues and laser beams coming out of their nipples are all on the art and bullshit Patreon. So yeah, if you guys are interested in saving freshwater walruses from California, subscribe to the art and bullshit Patreon link in bio. Uh, have a great day. Art and bold fit podcast. <laughs> Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art, 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 art and Bullshit Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. We back. Episode 65 of the Art and Bullshit Podcast. The podcast by artists, for artists, and art lovers. I am your host from the West Coast, James Drills. We're broadcasting. Actually, we are recording in Broadway Studios, Fresno, California. Let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Um, shout out to listeners on Spotify holding us down. Shout out to cats over on Apple. Leave that five star review and the rating, all of that good stuff. If I get it backwards, you get what I mean because it helps us battle the algorithms. Cats over on the web, we see you. The three niggas over on Google holding us down. Stay six feet apart. Cover your mouth when you cough. Keep hand sanitizer on deck. You know us really good. We still got, actually, no, I don't have pet portraits for selling more. I'm working on those. Commissions are closed. You guys can still get t-shirts on the Teespring. I'm in the process of hand dyeing hoodies, so those will be dropping pretty soon still. Hold tight. 
I got some paintings for sale still, and then that's about the end of that. On to the plugs. What we sipping on today? We got some Fulton Street Coffee. Shouts to Fulton Street Coffee, man. Y'all holding us down. With the slow ride, man, yo. I opened up this joint, and it smelled like just a bucket of roses, and then put it in the grinder, because you know they come with the beans, right? And it was just, it was, it was absolutely beautiful. So if you guys are in the Fresno area, check out Fulton Street Coffee or check them out on Instagram. They ship nationwide, worldwide, all that good stuff. Yeah, but what's the, what's the coffee in? You guys know if you're into some quality hand-blown glass, check out Aspen Hand. Our homies out in Bellingham, Washington. You can check them out on Instagram, Aspen Hand or AspenHand.com. Last but not least, you guys know what's up. Have some respect for your artwork. Put a Vatican on it. You know I rock with the Cassines. I like the Cassettas. Nigel got those Tondos. He got those Tabernacles. He got those Flemish Corners, the Dutch Ripples. If you really, man, if you really with it, you get that Dutch Ripple. Man, it's like some Space Age type stuff. But yeah, hit up, hit up Nigel over at thebatican.com. Tell him James sent you. And uh, yeah, man, check those out. So on to... Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, man. What else we got? What else we got? You know, you know how we get it. I got, I got to get my record right, man. Cause you know what I'm saying. You saw me just get out of the whip. I mean, it, I mean, we here. Yeah, man, y'all. You guys know I'm not playing. I'm not playing with this game. You can't, you can't buy flavor. You can't get it in the catalog, man. We, we here. We been doing this. We not true. So let me get my record right. Uh -huh. Oh, y'all niggas killers now. Oh, uh. Art and Catch you coming podcast. out your fucking crib. Art, 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 art and yeah. fucking bullet, nigga. Yo, Mars is far. What's poppin'? Mardika, I see you. Gamble, what's poppin'? Ribs, hundred dollar bills. Pill on the cotties, another four wheels. Write a book full of medicine and generate mills. Entrepreneurs, so keep that album, schedule filled. Nine to fivers, keep those, those AirPods in so your boss ain't trippin'. You know what's really good. Promoters post up bills. Sign deals only if the math is real. If we can't match numbers, then you can't have a head nigga in charge of shit. Live nigga rhymes artists, pardon. P-dub signs regardless, remorseless. Smoke it if you got it, drink it if you got it. You know what's really happening. Think twice before you move. On it, put jewels on it, who want it? Loose niggas make the news when we start forming. Snatch stripes off a niggas uniforms often. Doing it bad it delf, your way out to jurisdiction. Why niggas bullshit on the grill? I don't fuck around, Dunny. It's most real. I keep it thorough, nigga. Yo, let me back up for him. Let me back up. Yo, yo. yo man, y'all know nothing about that. What's cracking? Rest in peace, prodigy. We here, man. Art and bold spit podcast. You saw me just get out of the whip. Eel nigga alert. Eel nigga alert. Episode 65. We got in the house a man whipping that white with the oil paint. You man, we about to get to that. We got a man behind the behind the scenes pushing them papers making them decisions man we gonna get to that we got a man who you might have seen around the town if you're trying to get some shit connected man we gonna get to that i would like to introduce my guest for episode 65 carlos aparicio what's going down player what's, what's happening with down, you man? man thanks for having me today man yeah man we here it's a fine Sunday, you know, you can hear the rain outside. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's nothing like the rain because we had the forest fires and a lot of that yeah. going down in California. And that, along with the snow, has helped to kind of contain that. Oh, yeah, Because the helicopters can only bring in so much. So, yeah, man. So, uh, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, let's just get right to it, Carlos. So, what was your first memory seeing art? All right. Uh, let's see. You know... My first actual memory seeing art would have to be in uh, um, my junior high classroom, my junior high art classroom, where, you know, I have like a vivid memory of this being art. You know, and uh, um, it was an assignment that um, my teacher, Mr. Cobb, had introduced about pointillism. You know, I don't mm. remember the artist, but uh, um, we did a pointillism assignment and I feel like that was really like my introduction to art mm, okay okay right right so now does the artistic gene run in your family negative yeah okay okay so now at that point in time when so after you saw pointillism and you and you had that experience did you start making art yourself or was it something that later came to you like, how did that work out? Yeah, I feel like that assignment or that class in general, I wasn't truly invested into art yet. You mm -hmm. know, like, uh, I mean, I was a young kid, you know, I really didn't know what art was. But uh, um, there's a huge gap from that first art class to where I actually began to identify, I guess, like as an artist, you know. Mm hmm. Uh, so now how long was that gap? I would say... It started into like when I started dabbling into graffiti, okay. you know, getting more into like a graffiti scene. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So, so now you started off with pointillism in school, and then somehow migrated into graffiti, right? Mm -hmm. So now, was the graffiti some? What was your first memory seeing graffiti? Um, it was my my cousin Junior, and a big shout out to him. Um, you know, I had a binder for school mm -hmm. and, uh, um, it was like this new binder that came out where you could, uh, draw on it. It was like a whiteboard style. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, um, you know, he was heavily involved in like gangs, you know, not to okay. put him on blast, you yeah, know, yeah, but, yeah. uh, um, he had the style down, man, block mm -hmm. letters and uh, mm -hmm. he busted my name out on the, mm -hmm. on the binder. And I was like, damn, man, I thought that was like so sick. You know, yeah. I couldn't wait to show that off, you know, mm -hmm. to everybody just flex my binder in class. So that was actually like my first introduction to like what graffiti was. So now was this during the 90s? No, this was in the 2000s Okay, already. 2000s. Yeah. So at that point in time, I feel like California hand styled had, like they were, are, the California gang graffiti hand styles are kind of iconic and I feel underrated because it's that really sharp pointed yep. sort of style of lettering. Um, mm. Calligraphic, if you all, if you would. Um, but I think that it's definitely underrated. And when you say that, I immediately like think of those, mm -hmm. you know, the weird curvy S's and like the sharp E's yep. and stuff like that. So yeah, and that his, um, the the interesting part is, is there is, there's a marriage between gang culture and graffiti, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of those hand styles migrated over into graffiti. Yeah. And they migrated over in a way that even people who didn't indulge in the gang culture adopted those hand styles, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, when, when you say that, I totally understand and I can feel where you're going with it, man. Um, so now, 
when you hit that point of like discovering graffiti, like, was it a point, was it a, a decision that you made to invest more of your time in, in graffiti, more of your time into like the art aspect air quote, or were you doing both or how did that work? I think I, I kind of grew into it, you know, like I really didn't know what graffiti was, mm -hmm. you know, like being in a junior high, like I didn't know, you know, like anything about throw ups or, you know, tags, like mm -hmm. any of like the graffiti terms, I guess, yeah. uh, um, you know, I just knew it was like throwing your name up, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, um, as I grew older, I feel like I did more, more research, you know, I became familiar with like artists that were in at the time and uh, um, different styles and, you know, just me trying to practice it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now during this time, did you, so there was a complete focus on graffiti, would you say during that era of like your artistic pursuit? Like, were you taking art classes in high school or college or anything like that? Or Yeah. So I would say, you know, like in, uh, um, it was like my freshman year of high school, mm -hmm. you know, where I took, a, um, actually I didn't take an art class until I think it was my sophomore or junior year. Okay. But uh, um, I was just drawing it, man. Like I fell in love with it, you know, um, drawing bubble letters, mm -hmm. trying to do like wild style. I got like the whole black book set up, mm -hmm. um, buying streakers, you know, doing labels and things like that. So it was more focused on the graffiti side of it than actual yeah. like the art side of mm -hmm. it. Right. So now as far as graffiti goes, was your preference like street bombing? Were you in the freights? Like what was like your whole kick? Just going on the streets, man, like coming home and uh, getting a streaker or a marker, you know, mm -hmm. and, and catching tags. Right, yeah. yeah. That's like the fundamental aspect of right. graffiti. That's like the crux, you know. If you don't have, if you got sucky tags, then you probably suck. Yeah. And now mm -hmm. that I look at like some old sketches that I had mm -hmm. from like back in the day, and I'm like, man, this shit is whack, you mm -hmm. know. But yeah. yeah, there's definitely like a toy phase. And then it's like at some point. I think the the thing about graffiti is looking back, like when you look at a career in its totality, it's like, oh wow, I was a toy like X year through X year, right? Mm -hmm. But then it's like coming to terms with toyism and like what is a toy? Because okay, for those who don't know, let's we're we're probably I forget. There's people who come from the graffiti community who listen to this podcast, and there are people who don't. So, do you want to explain to them what a toy is? Yeah, I guess flat out, you know, a toy is if your your style's whack, man. You know, you just you got no flow. Um, it it's a tag, but you're you got no flavor to your work. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. The, and that's that's essentially a toy. In in uh yeah, essentially what it is. Uh, and when I think of the word toy, I think of someone who has no idea of what like style is mm -hmm. and who doesn't adhere to like because there are the thing is is also there's toy as a mind state right because you know carlos had talked about tags bubble letters and things like that well in graffiti in theory right like in the dogmatic sense of graffiti there's a hierarchy so it's like picture a food pyramid or if you will like tags are at the bottom and then on top of that you have like bubble letters which are like they look like balloons or whatever then on top of that you would have straight letters that look like a font then on top of that you would have like wild styles that are like super crazy now or burners like pieces can be like sim simplistic funky but at the top of the food chain is the piece, which is traditionally a multicolored uh, 
word or it's a it, it's a simplistic like stylized word so like that's the thing about the pieces there's a lot of like funk and style in it so that's what puts it at the top of the hierarchy so that being said you might it, if you can do a pretty piece but you don't have tags and then you're not you're doing things that are whack <laughs> In graffiti, you could be a toy. And there are people who are in the game who have been around that are toys because of their mind state. So that's kind of a short, long-winded explanation for you guys. Okay, so now um, you talked about streaks. Now, would you say out of all, like, writing utensils, mean streaks are your favorite? Yeah, I would have to say. Okay. And only because, you know, the um, how much you could do with them. You know, like the way you you um, you chisel it, the way you write with it, mm-hmm. or you know how you could split them and do like you could do two colors, you could do four colors. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. yeah, they're definitely pretty versatile in that regard. Um, people get real funky. I've never gotten into splitting them, but shots uh, rap has uh, stay filthy, graph filthy, graffiti supplies. If you're looking for some quality uh, hand split streaks. It up, Rob Pez. <laughs> so, yeah, we always got to plug the homies. Uh, but, yeah, man, okay. So then how did that work out? So, like, you're in graffiti. Like, now your time in graffiti, was it where you focused on, like, a local scene? Was it was it something that you were interested in traveling with? Or how did that, like? I, I think the, the local scene is kind of like what got me into it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I lived in Clovis though. So, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, um, there was like a couple, I mean, not not so much in Clovis, but you know, right off of, uh, let's say, is it Clovis Avenue and Olive where okay. the trains are at, you know, mm-hmm. driving by there, you know, just seeing like the pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just around town um, was more focused on, on local art. And then I got into like MSK, mm-hmm. um, you know, Revoke, Saber, mm-hmm. um, Augur mm-hmm. and uh you know yeah, artists like, the like Applebee's that. of graffiti yeah. writers, right? And I yeah, think yeah. those artists are kind of what had the influence on me. Like, oh man, they're using these streaks, uh, they're using uh, Montana cans, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I got to get my hands on these things. Like, if I'm gonna be a writer, yeah, yeah, you know, and that and that's interesting, uh, because you know, for for me, the era, like I, I would say that I started getting serious about about graffiti in like 98 and then I stopped being like so and then like yeah so 98 and then so there wasn't like Belton was like a a foreign thing you know so you had to like get um catalogs and shit like that I mean like bombing science and shit you could get out of there but when I moved to Seattle in like 2003 I think yeah belton was around at that time but it was it was definitely um it was a lot more accessible because graffiti shops were starting to open up okay but it's it's interesting hearing you say that because for me it was like krylon and rusto Mm -hmm. were like the the beginning and then there's like the phase of painting with whatever you can get and then you use all these whack-ass Krylon colors and then you realize like, oh shit, Rust-Oleum makes a better version of everything Krylon does, Rust-Oleum does better. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you can get pretty far with Rusto. You know, I feel like Rusto's like the gambling of spray paint. Like you can get pretty fucking far with that shit. But then like you have like 
Belton and uh, Montana, Spanish and Montana from Germany, and yeah. you know all of that pretty smelling shit, which is like uh, a higher degree of like um, quality yeah. to it, you know. Um, so now, when you when you started when you got your hands on that type of paint, what was like? Do you feel like there was a uh, outside of like the the texture and like lack of running and stuff like that do you feel like it did it do what did it do for you like what did it what what getting that what do what did that do for you i think it was just a rush you know mm -hmm. just having getting the paint in my hands and mm -hmm. then being able to like go out and and just use it mm -hmm. you know um I mean, I'm going to circle back real quick, yeah. you know, uh, being born in, in 93 mm -hmm. for me, you know, I know you mentioned 98. Yeah. Um, I think I, I was introduced to graffiti in a different phase of graffiti. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cause so. those guys were already cooking at that. Like when you like the time when you had saw them, they were already cooking. Like all that LA shit had already like came and then yeah it was because it was like i got to see the rise of it you yeah, know and it yeah. was like you would get magazines and shit and you would see it's like oh shit they're doing what this is what and then like the river piece and all of that like crazy fucking shit yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah, it's yeah. just like oh my god so then after that then there became the the rise of it people started traveling different places yeah. and then there became a Cause I feel like the style was one way when it was, uh, when it was confined to the West coast, but once writers from other areas of the country started like, uh, getting into that circle of writers, then it became like a style mix, yeah. you know? So yeah, definitely. Um, but it, it's like art, you know, we all learn from each other and definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So now, so when did you really get serious about painting? Painting graffiti? Or like, painting? well, just fine art in general. Like, how did you get into the whole Fresno Arts Council? Like, how, like, cause like, yeah, how did that all happen? Okay. So I started off, you know, so it was like the whole graffiti thing in high okay. school. You know, I was known to be like a tagger, you know, mm -hmm. I was doing the black book thing, you know, um, riding the fax bus, you know, mm -hmm. um, catching tags and stuff. Did that whole scene. And then I attended this school called uh, CART. I don't know if you're familiar with it or mm -mm. not. Um, it's called the uh, Center for Advanced Research and Technology. Okay. I took a multimedia class my uh, junior year in high school. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was introduced to like Photoshop, uh, graphic design, you know, um, illustration mm -hmm. and things. So then I was like, okay, I'm gonna be a graphic designer. Like, you know, no more, like I just, I kind of just phased out of the graffiti stuff, you know, in like street art things and mm -hmm. just focused on like, Photoshop, Illustrator, you know, but I still didn't know what the graphic design world was. Mm. You know, we did like assignments, like it was a video class and a, and a graphic design class and we collaborated on creating like posters for a movie and things like that. So just learning the basics of, you know, the Adobe suite. Mm. Um, so then I went on to Fresno State, um, you know, took art classes, uh, um, still uh, pursued a graphic design major um, I did take an uh, acrylic painting class mm -hmm. and uh, man, like I just wasn't invested, you know, like got you. So now this is a, a acrylic painting. That's a oil. This is an oil painting. Okay. Okay. okay yeah. Okay, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was in school for a while, took that acry acrylic class and I was like, all right, painting is not for me. You know, it wasn't until two years ago. 
Um, I took an oil painting class with Nick Potter as a, um, and you probably heard his name before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met yeah. him at this uh, at his show at the Fresno Art Museum. Yeah, yeah. so it was like this. Uh, I forgot it was between taking a, this painting class as an elective that I needed to graduate, mm-hmm. or taking like another art history class. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna go with the painting class. You mm-hmm. know, I'll just give it my all, try it out, and. Uh, um, you know, first couple assignments, uh, you know, we just did basic, like, um, basic assignments. We, I think we painted, like, a, like an old phone, like, the, with the dial. Okay. So, we did that, and then we had, like, one of our larger assignments, you know. And uh, he just kind of um, checks in on everybody, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I was so focused, man, like, on getting the, the phone just done, like, perfectly you know in the painting it was a green phone so i was trying to get green tones on there and he's like you're doing it wrong and i was like what he's like you're doing it wrong and he's like no what do you see and i was like well green phone you know and he's like no don't don't paint what you think you see paint what you really see mm-hmm. and that's kind of what changed my perfe- perspective you know he's like there's browns you know in the corner like where the shadow's at mm-hmm. it's, it's not dark green it's brown you know, or on this highlight, you know, there's a little bit of blue right there. Mm-hmm. So he started like slapping some blue on my painting. And that's when I was like, oh shit, like this is how you paint, you mm-hmm. know, like this is how you use color. Yeah. So that was basically like my, my introduction to painting. So okay. I'm fairly so, new to the scene. Now, okay. So now did you, were you in that class? Do you know Raquel, Raquel Justo? Were you in that class with her or no? Cause a I, lot of people have had him. I uh, was in that class, but not in the same class as her. Okay, but I did okay. see her like before actually meeting her, you know, okay. I seen her working on some stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shouts to the art and BS alumni. Shouts to Raquel. Yeah, holding it down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, cause I've seen that. I think that that phone is something that he has his students do, right? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, interesting stuff. It's uh, what I've seen is yeah, a lot of great. Like he, it seems to know how to teach people how to paint. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And people come out of his class. Uh, yeah, man, cooking and you know, yeah, whipping yeah, that sure. shit. So yeah, yeah but tight. I definitely think um, you know, like that acrylic class, kind of like made me feel like okay you know pa- this kind of painting ain't for me mm-hmm. and then when i worked with oil and i was mm-hmm. like oh shit like this yeah. paint's magical yeah 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 yeah. And, you know so yeah the thing with oil now after you had that class and then you you saw like okay this is all so can you talk like about um about your process and like what your process is and like making a painting because different painters have different processes yes yeah. oh yeah yeah so you know, I'm still fairly new. What mm-hmm. I learned how to paint pretty much in mm-hmm. this class, you know, so I still, um, you know, project my paintings, mm-hmm. um, you know, get the outline on there. Um, and then uh, I just start slapping some paint on there, but mm-hmm. I paint very slow still, gotcha. you know, like I'm always like, I'm a perfectionist and mm-hmm. I think it's probably like the designer in me, you know, mm-hmm. um, I try to replicate, you know, any image that I'm painting. So even in class, you know, when I started painting, there mm-hmm. was, you know, uh, fine art students in there and their whole canvas, like we're talking about 36 by 48, mm-hmm. you know, canvas yeah. is full. They got like an underpainting going and things. And here I am, dude, in like this little ass corner with my smallest brush, you know, yeah. trying to just get every detail in. Mm-hmm. So um, it's still the same right now. You know, I feel like it takes me a while to, you know, finish these paintings. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, my process is pretty much step one, I'm saying outlining it projecting it on there mm-hmm. and then step two would be filling in all my like darkest areas mm-hmm. and then just building on top of that mm-hmm. 
Right. So now when you're uh, when you're like projecting it onto the canvas, are you separating it like in Photoshop, like with a posterized? Are you like just putting the picture on it or like how, in what fashion? I'll just make the image? picture uh, black and white on Photoshop uh -huh. and then I lock in all the darkest areas first mm -hmm. and then just like with the with the paintbrush, like just lightly outline everything yeah. else. OK, got you. And then kind of soften like get the block in down and then yeah yeah refine after that yeah yeah got you got you that's cool yeah it's always interesting seeing different uh like or hearing different um approaches because i know some people use like a, uh they'll use like a grid system right. you know or some people will use like they'll have things set up and they'll attach like strings across like vertically and horizontally oh, yeah. so they can sight size it or some people will directly sight size it's all there are all these different ways yeah. to make a painting so yeah that's why i'm always interested mm -hmm. in how people are making them yeah i mean it's it's been a process you know uh, i really enjoy it though like i think uh you know i would pursue a career in just being a painter mm -hmm. yeah man yeah, so you did that, and then, so what What type of subject, like, so after that, what type of subject matter were you painting after you got out of the class? Portraits. Okay. Still, yeah, still focused on just portraits. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So is it, that's your area of focus, because that's, like, what you enjoy painting the most, or is it that's what you're, like, uh more most comfortable with or what's what's the deal with i would that? say a little bit of both i think it's what i'm comfortable with right mm -hmm. now just because i'm in like the beginning stages of mm -hmm. it um but i do enjoy painting them too mm -hmm. yeah. yeah 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 and then on top of that that was just a learning process because i was you know graphic design major i didn't take too much classes on like color theory things like that so here i am you know trying to mix these random colors to mm -hmm. you know get it on the canvas yeah. and replicate the image that yeah. i'm trying to paint so talk about that the differences in both like the the graphic design like getting color in graphic design versus getting color in paint well you know the getting color in graphic design we have the luxury of the eyedropper tool pretty much you know like if you want this certain color you just put an image whether it's you know like an image you pull up on google and you're like damn i really like that color or you know if it's a color that's in the palettes already in in uh, illustrator it's so easy to pull uh, as opposed to you know painting you're like, damn, like I want this, this shadow, like I gotta mix in some, you know, like Alizarian crimson, I gotta throw some brown in there, and then it's still not there. So, you know, you wanna throw in like blue, just, you know, trial and error pretty much until you can match that color. Mm-hmm, you, yeah, I hear it. That's, yeah, I just, it's cool cause it just, it sounds better when I don't have to say it. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, man. Mm. So, now that you're now that you're doing the oil painting you're you're doing portraits have you are you paint have you um you said that you're mainly projecting onto the canvas now are you interested in like painting from the model did you guys paint from the model in nick potter's class no or? okay yeah, now is yeah. that something that you thought about to like yeah you know it's mm -hmm. it's I did take a drawing class, but that was like in the early years of my college career, mm -hmm. you know, where we use like a siding stick to um, like measure certain things and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm interested in learning, you know, how to just paint from life. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's like, there's nothing like it. Like, yeah. just, you know, I, I always say like, just set up an apple or a pear, you know, and paint that shit. And it's, it's totally different. It's a, it's a, it's a very, 
it's like an experience unlike anything else, you know, and then painting from nature is like, that's totally different because you're dealing with, you know, changing weather conditions. So yeah, man. Yeah. Like, have you ever thought about painting plain air like outside? Yeah. You know, I mean, I want to try it just to, you know, see what it's like and just, Mm -hmm. you know, get the experience. Like maybe it could be something that I'm good at or Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, something that I I just suck at. Got you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. So now, uh, so now we, we kind of got to the Nick Potter thing and, and painting Fresno State. You're there. So then how did you get on at Fresno Arts Council? How did that all pop off? So it was kind of random, you know, like in the um, towards the end of uh, my last semester, you know, mm-hmm. I was looking for a job, like, you know, trying to set something up for when I'm done with school. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, well, I was bartending at the time, but I mean, we could we could talk about that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. uh, um you know, just trying to set myself up, you know, have, you know, I'm going to have a degree, like, okay, it's time to get a job, you know, and I was reaching out to all these art agencies um, here locally and just in different areas of California. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hear anything back. So Fresno Arts Council was actually the first place that um, responded to one of my emails, you know, mm. and I just reached out randomly, you know, hey, my name's Carlos, I'm about to graduate, graphic design major, looking for entry level work. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, they responded to me, and then uh, I interviewed, and then that's pretty much how I ended up there. Got you. Now talk about what your duties are over there. All right. Um, so I can talk about it, but I can't mention it too much without yeah, yeah, that permission. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, that makes for sense. Sure. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 um, man. Pretty much uh, um, I got hired on as a program manager there at the Fresno Arts Council. Okay. Um, my One of my main duties is uh, doing the in-house graphic design work. Okay. Um, another thing that I do there is um, the program manager for the Arts and Corrections program. Okay. And uh, um, that is like a prison arts program through mm. a contract with the uh, California Arts Council and CDCR. Um, it's a rehabit- rehabilitation program for incarcerated individuals to, uh, to prepare them for success upon release. Mm. And uh, yeah, man, and then anything else that they kind of right. throw at me. So now, how does that work out? Like they they have a program for the inmates. Like there's like a it's like in like in the jail. There's like a time where they come and like they make like they draw and they paint. Like how does that work out? Yeah, so, um, you know, like, we have local artists here that, you know, drive out to the facilities, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, once or twice a week, they'll teach an art class for a couple hours, Mm -hmm. and uh, um, that covers, you know, um, performing arts, you know, literary arts, uh, visual arts. Mm -hmm. um, Got you. Okay, okay, yeah, that's, that's cool, man. You know, it's always, it's nice to hear um, the arts being used for good, used to uh, facilitate change in people's lives and also the importance of the arts, you know? So that's the thing I think a lot of times in life, people don't really view like there's, there's, it's kind of like the arts is, it's interesting because we live in a place now where technology is so, um, everything's so accessible and it's split second, you know, like a three minute serving um, that, performing arts visual arts things like that can often get overlooked right um so yeah it's definitely good so now what would you say are some of that now how long have you been over there in at the fresno arts council uh, a little over i think i hit half a uh, year and a half now okay mm-hmm. okay yeah man congratulations Thank so you. now what so now outside of the um the the corrections program um what my question is is like what do you think that there's some like what do you think that people should know 
about arts foundations and things like that because this is essentially a platform you you being able to see an inside you know view from mm -hmm. the last year and a half to being able to actually say like hey this is something people don't know or where are some misconceptions um i would say is just don't be afraid to get involved you know mm -hmm. um you know as artists um a lot of a lot of artists are um when i think of you know artists i think of like the students in high school that are like closed off, you know, with their sketchbooks, um, not the ones that, you know, like are in leadership or, you know, so heavily involved, um, mm -hmm. you know, just don't be afraid to reach out and, you know, try um, different opportunities. You know, like I feel like me as a member of the artist community here in town, you know, mm -hmm. it is my job to reach out, you know, and help help my fellow artists here in town. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one big thing, you know, and then also just uh, stay in contact like, drop in there and, you know, make sure they know your name. Like, you know, so if opportunity comes up and they know your style of work, whether you're a visual painter, you know, or you're in ceramics, um, reach out to you directly, you know, and say like, hey, you know, I got this dope ass opportunity for you. Like you should apply. Mm -hmm. Are you here? The man, you guys, it's about those relationships. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. A closed mouth does not get fed. Word. So, you know, shake those hands and introduce yourself and yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, and, and be a part of the Fresno Arts Council or your local artist uh, organization so you can get some doors opened up. Cause I know, you know, I've messed with the Fresno Arts Council for some years now. I've been at Broadway for like three years. And uh, yeah, man, I'm gonna tell you something. Hold on, let's, let's, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and yeah, because you know what? I'm going to keep it a thou. Wow. I used to have a like, me and Fresno Arts Council, I used to look at them niggas side eye, but they came through for me on the grant. They they did some grants and the last, like the last round of grants that they did, they really came through for your boy. So I would like to say, and I've always operated in, in the capacity folks of thinking that uh, I'm like the guy who doesn't, enter because he thinks he's not gonna win and and so for me you know they had the you had to submit i believe a portfolio and, and you know write some text and uh you know talk about some things and yeah you know i submitted that and they blessed me you know with with a with a nice grant so i will say that i am actually a living walking testament to the uh validity of Carlos's statements. Art organizations definitely are great. And uh, yeah, you should definitely mess with them. Go meet the people, shake their hands because these uh, grants, if they are available, are life-changing for artists. So it just behooves you to make these relationships and it would only further to develop your career if you do. Um, yeah, man. So with that being said, um, Mm. Christmas is coming up. You excited, man? Yeah, I am and I'm not, you know, because just given the times, you know, Christmas is going to look different this year. Mm -hmm. So now, before we get into that, talk about some of your current artistic projects and what you got cracking. You know, uh, right now, what I'm what I'm focused on is kind of just closing out all my logo projects, um, mm -hmm. you know, with clients that I'm working with, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I do want to focus more on painting. Like, mm -hmm. I'm trying to expand... Um, you know, my, my creative process and just my, my techniques, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
I recently did a, a digital pet portrait for one of my friends at Housewarming gifts and uh, i got a couple of commissions off of that you know mm -hmm. so i'm working on some of those i'm just trying to stay busy you know dabble in different styles and uh, try new things yeah okay so now you do graphic design like is that those those things are like outside of uh that's like the the side hustle right the multiple streams of income thing going yeah on. yeah gotcha. so that was like my bread and butter throughout like college you know mm -hmm. um i have like i mean i've worked in restaurants since i was 16 so you know i did the whole server thing became a bartender did that um i feel like that really helped my communication skills mm -hmm. and then just doing yeah the graphic design stuff man is uh um what kind of kept me afloat and then now you know that i have like certain relationships like uh people really mess with me when it comes to you know bringing their ideas to life mm -hmm. yeah it's like all right i figured out the uh it's like you got the ingredients but i know the recipe so i can put it together for you yeah i hear you man um so now I'll, so when you say the you know you're finishing up the pet portraits you got the projects what is something that like moving forward do you have any goals in art or do you have any things that you want to accomplish yeah you know i mean i have i have a bucket list you know mm -hmm. i have a you know things that i want to do like i still want to tackle you know doing a mural one day mm -hmm. um you know um plan some more shows um sell some you know large-scale paintings um have more of like an artist experience, you know, and, and I'm sure you could relate to this, you know, like you either are either you work, you're working and, you know, and you're doing art part time or you're not working and you're doing art full time. You know, like that's what pays your bills. It's your your bread and butter mm -hmm. pretty much. Yeah, man. It's really it's it's a, like a feast and famine sort of thing. So it's it. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, though, because it, it, it seems like for me, it. The way that I paint, because up until this last like holiday season of like these pet portraits and then the other paintings that I got, it basically was people like picking out of my inventory, you mm -hmm. know, and I would mm -hmm. get a commission here or there. Hey, James, paint Rick and Morty just in your style, you know, super yeah. broad generalizations. But the sales were just from okay, I painted this, they like that. I painted this, they like that. So it's interesting the um the shift because you have it then there becomes like, okay, I have ten paintings and I need to get them done in like ten days, you know, so then you start figuring out a schedule or and you start figuring out what works, what doesn't work in the painting, you mm -hmm. know, and then it's like, all right, you get like it's like, all right, then it goes from like 10 and then like, oh, shit, I, I went to six. There's two more. And now I have eight left. And then do I have time to experiment on these paintings? Do I have time to learn? Right. You know, or is the whole goal to just get them cranked out with the recipe for this gumbo that I'm using? Right. So that's kind of what I'm experiencing right now. It's like, OK, do I just want them all to be the same flavor or do I want to like try different shit on these paintings? Yeah. Right. Because in with experimentation, there comes more room for error, and yeah. then that just is a whole nother um, can of worms, right. you know, that we have to deal with. So yeah, yeah, man. but you know, I feel like uh, um, when you're doing commissions, it it also gives you like an opportunity to grow because not every commission is the same, you know. Mm -hmm. So if you're not turning down work, you know, and you're like, yeah, you know, I could do it, you're gonna learn something in the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I agree with you. My thing is, though, is like, 
it's like cooking, right? So if we have a chicken restaurant and you're like, okay, James, all right, two piece, two piece, two piece. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you need to make a brisket. And it's like, oh shit. Like, so like, I'm, I'm like, that's the formula. It's like, boom, boom, boom. And then it's like, okay, you're making this brisket. And you're like, okay, well that there's flavor in this shit and people like this shit, but do I continue to do this particular type of thing? Because in the end it takes more time. There's a different result, but it's like, cause with clients, I think there's, as artists, we have a vision of like ourselves and like we, our level of expectation and they level is like two different levels, yeah. right? Like we expect like the world and they, and sometimes they do expect the world. Sometimes they just expect something tight, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, how do you get there? And it's up yeah. to us to figure out like, are we gonna take the shortcut make sure everything's just there right. and dialed in? Or are we gonna like challenge ourselves on the painting, right? Yeah. Cause you can learn, but then also like the challenging yourself yeah. and we all have those projects. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I agree with that, you know, because like you had, like you said, you have your own expectations of yourself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, a lot of the times your clients, you know, they're not artists. So if you paint something and you think like, man, like I did like a shitty job on this, you know, and you show it to them and they're like, man, this is beautiful, you Mm -hmm. know, but you know that that's, that's not your work. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not how you get down. So like, you're not, you're not happy with the end product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's definitely a, long and tormenting road like being an artist but it's like there's this beauty that we're always in search of and uh the fulfillment that we get from like Mm -hmm. having something that doesn't suck in front of us you know because there's like this long ugly stage of your painting you're just like uh but then as long as you like keep in mind like okay work if i work through this ugly stage it'll get to a point where it looks nice you know and that's the whole thing yeah man Yep, definitely. Mm. So now you were talking about um so you so getting it so one of your goals is to get into murals. Now, have you thought about well here, let's 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 get let's go back real quick. So how has like the whole pandemic affected you as an artist? No, um I can't say it's affected me um too much. You know, mm-hmm. and I'll say because uh, I feel like once the pan- pandemic hit, like a lot of my clients was like, like go time for them. Like they started working on their like business and stuff, you know, so I just shifted into just full graphic design. Like, you know, for a lot of designers and like web developers, you know, it was like our time to shine. You mm-hmm. know, people were trying to build their uh, just want a logo for like their craft business. You know, um, people started doing all the cricket stuff and uh, um you know, just hustling, dude, trying to make money any way they can. You know, so I would just work with a lot of like local, you know, businesses mm-hmm. or, you know, my main clients. Um, I'm just doing work for them and what they needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got you. But, yeah. But what it, it did affect, you know, like my social interaction with people, you mm-hmm. know, like I feel like that, like a lot of what I do is relationship based, you know, mm-hmm. and just talking to people, telling them what I do. That's mm-hmm. how I, I pull in a lot of commissions. So I did lose out a lot in that area. Mm-hmm. Got you. So now it seems like in that regard, it was kind of good for your business because it sucks to say, use the, the, the phrase, the rising tide raises all boats, but in a sense where like everyone's trying to figure out a second stream of income and create a side hustle, they 
all need a website and a logo. So it's like, oh right. shit, hey, now I'm popping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. So now, um, it, you know, and it's interesting because for me, it's, I wonder, I think about like the lack of art hop, the lack of like not having first Fridays mm-hmm. and being able to adjust to that. Right. So it it has been a uh, it's been a journey, but also because of the internet, I've still been able to facilitate deals and you know secure bags here and there. Um, yeah, man. So that's that's interesting that you say that you've been winning on that side on the graphic design side, right? right. So I feel like artists are still winning, even though uh, the the country's fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know it's. It's just finding a uh, finding different outlets, you know, on on how to make things work. You know, um, I also grew up, you know, just working a lot. You know, seeing my parents work, so I feel like uh, that's really instilled in me too. You know, like I I have trouble not being busy sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, because now it's like I battle time. Like I'm working at Fresno Arts Council during the day, but then I go home and I can't stop, you know, working on my goals and you know the work that I want to do mm-hmm. outside of my day job. Yeah. Yeah, the on the double hustle. Yeah. You know? yeah, but that's that's the only way you get there, right? Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, definitely, man. Um so now you said you grew up in Fresno, Clovis and Olive. Shout outs to the East Side, East Side. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, no, actually originally I'm from the Bay. I'm from oh, okay. uh, from Hayward, California. Oh shit. Um yeah, you know, so I uh I moved uh, to Clovis when I was in uh, third grade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did most of my growing up in Clovis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. But, you know, I Clovis. still got the Bay Area heart, man. Right. Yeah, <laughs> man. So do you go back off? Well, I mean, it's kind of shut down now. And recently things have been, you know, kind of closed down yeah. again. Now, have you seen, like, was that something that that you uh because it was like we we got a little bit of light and then shit got shut down right yeah. um is the has the shutdown affected the fresno arts council like the recent shutdown again or no or how's that what's up it, it has and it, and it hasn't you know um and i don't want to get too much into yeah, detail yeah just but, what uh, you can um you know, we've been busy with uh, um, opportunities for artists. Okay, I'll say that. just say that. He's like, okay, that's all I want to know is, are you guys working or not? Yeah, okay. oh no, we're Cause, working. <laughs> yeah, because it's definitely been, it's been affected. And um, a lot of stuff have, has been affected. Like, for example, the National Park uh, campgrounds have been closed, yeah. right? So I was really sad about that because I'm, I'm getting in my bag, getting ready to get my hiking, plein air, backpacking mm. extravaganza going. And it's like, nah, man, you won't be camping. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it just, it's just weird times. Like, you're just so limited, you know, and then they reopen and mm-hmm. things close. So you don't even know, like, yeah. what to do sometimes. Yeah. Well, and the crazy part is I didn't even really feel like we were opened back up. Yeah. Even though certain things had opened. But, uh, it's like, man, now it's, it's officially we're back on lockdown. But I get it. People are are passing away, you know, and it's, yeah, man. So are you going to take the vaccine? I think I'm going to wait that one out. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. What about you? Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, it's one of those things where I have mixed feelings about it. You know, I don't, um, yeah, I definitely have really mixed feelings about it because 
it's serious, but then I don't, because it's kind of like you're either going to take the vaccine or you're going to get it and you're going to get over it. I don't want to, I've been dodging it. I've been, man, I've been dodging this thing. So, it, I mean, like by the skin of my teeth, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, this is like, man, so many people are like that I know have it. And it's always like, Hey James, you should come in X Y Z, and I'm like nah, nigga. And then like a week later, it's like hey man, I got ruined. I'm like see, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, bro. Like, like, so yeah, man, it's crazy, you know. And I'm the same way. Like I feel like um, I've been exposed to it so many times, mm -hmm. and I haven't got it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like probably out of luck. Like yeah, I don't man. know what stopped me from getting it. Yeah, man. It's like I don't want my ninth life to run out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit. So, okay, so you're fit now, you're doing the digital pet portraits, right? So now when, after you get done with this, you're going to get back into like painting oil paint and, uh, let's, let's geek out on some, some oil paint stuff for a second. Um, so now when you, are you painting like with linseed oil, you painting with like, what type of mediums? Uh, Gamasol. Uh-huh. That's what I'm using right mm -hmm. now. Um, and that's it. I haven't really experienced, I mean, uh, uh messed around with anything else okay, like the linseed okay. oil and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. I do follow like a bunch of painters mm -hmm. on, on Instagram, you know, mm -hmm. and I see what they do. And yeah. like, um, just going to do research before I try it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like you try the stuff and then different things. Cause I've been using, um, Galkid light lately as a medium. I like it a lot. Cause it, uh, it, it dries pretty rapidly, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not like, um, yeah, it's not super high viscosity. So it doesn't leave like a bunch of like the, the footprints of the paint are there, but you can smooth it out. So, um, it's not super, there's not a lot of texture. Cause I don't like now without paint, I kind of don't like paintings that come off the, canvas a lot unless mm. it's like the lighter colors you know what i'm saying okay. like my white i want it to come off but like i want to paint tight mm -hmm. to the canvas um yeah man so let's uh let's talk about really quick so like growing up uh did you like were you into like who were who were some of your favorite favorite artists after that whole like the the pointillism phase and then the um well, actually, I think that would be a, a better question for right now, since you since you end up painting right now. Who are some of the artists that you look to for inspiration? Uh, there are like a lot of newer artists, you know, mm -hmm. well, not newer artists, but like uh, I say contemporary artists, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Sean Yoro, the hula. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. Okay. Um, Drew Merritt. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, David Cho. Mm -hmm. And uh I mean, a couple of, uh, you know, graffiti artists, like, I don't know, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Does, Digital Does. Mm. Um, it's like, who are the artists inspiring me right now? I'm a big fan of Shepard Fairey. Okay. You know, I always have been. Um, yeah, and then, and then just, you know, like, Revoke, you know, because he has transformed into a different artist since I first started following him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have man, you ever been to the known gallery in LA? No, I haven't been to, or is that the, the store on Fairfax? That's there. Yeah. It's like an art gallery. I, it might be a store now when yeah, I went, like, yeah. I think when mm -hmm. I went, it was like the Melrose area mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was more of like a store. They mm -hmm. didn't have too much art up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've only been once and they had a group show there and it was really, really good. Like, uh, Patrick Martinez, like that. And this was years ago. Like he had painted some pictures of like, 
women and like one was like breastfeeding with a two liter she's like breastfeeding a kid mm. and ewok had had uh that was when he was doing those clansmen playing basketball okay like he had those there rhyme had some paintings like it was all you know yeah it was a really good show and that was during the time when that um was it the yeah the museum of contemporary art in la they had this big graffiti exhibit okay. of like all like Fuck everyone in their mama. That I mean, I'm talking from Lee to Mode Two to fucking like, like all of the New York, LA icons, like Europe icons, Osgimos, like hella oh, motherfuckers, okay. all had yeah. exhibits there. Barry McGee had a little installation that was like a city, you know, it was like a little bum city. And yeah, it was, yeah, man. So that shit, that was like a great exhibit, dude. That was really, really good. Yeah, I did do uh, Beyond the Streets, and that was pretty dope, you know, mm. because that's when I was exposed to, like, all of these artists that I follow on Instagram, you know. Mm. So I was able to just nerd out, man, just, you know, like, get up close to their work, you know, and see how they get down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now that's hard. Now, um, yeah, that's, yeah, man. <laughs> you got any cool stories from that? From... From the, that actual, from the trip, not so much from the actual right, show. Right, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. From yeah. The trip. So I have this, uh, this friend, uh, um, you know, Mike D. You know, shout out to him, Bunks One. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's a he's an older cat, older than me. Uh, you know, he's an experienced artist, and mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, I met him actually through bartending at the bar that I worked at for so long. Okay. And uh, he grew up, you know, in like the. Um, like the Hollywood area, he went to like music school out there and stuff. So, you know, we went, we both planned to go nerd out at Beyond Streets or whatever. And then he's like, let me show you, you know, where I used to kick it at pretty much. So we hit Happy Hour on Hollywood Boulevard and uh, uh, met up with one of his friends, you know, and here I am looking at him like, like, hey, bro, you know, like we were throwing back some drinks and stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's getting kind of late, like mm -hmm. when we're going to head back. Right. He met up with his friend, and you know we're about like four or five beers in. I look at him, you know, and I'm like, "Hey, bro, like, you know, what time? We, what time are we gonna dip?" Uh -huh. And he just looks at me. He's like, "I don't give a fuck." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, "Oh shit," you know. And uh, I mean, my my boy got hella faded, man, and I had to end up driving home, which yeah, was his car. Man. It's but, like, yeah, hey, we're probably gonna paint after this. That's yeah, all nighters, man. That was that was a dope trip, though. Yeah, that's fucking yeah, that's fucking clowning graffiti uh yeah man that that jam so now when you guys went there uh were you there did you paint there did you go go kick it or like what happened at um beyond the streets because uh, isn't that a jam no so it was like a gallery i was like wait yeah, really? it's like an art I'm show of something else okay what was beyond the streets so it's like a um it's like an art show with like it's like a street art show okay. pretty much inside like a warehouse but they set it up as like an actual gallery okay Oh. Yeah, so you had like your like there was like Banksy Banksy pieces there. Mm -hmm. um, Wait, was this in LA in like the um, like the some kind of district or something, huh? And they t okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know, okay. I know what you're talking about. Okay. I think mm -hmm. I seen videos or some shit. Yeah. You know, okay. just um, like other artists. There was like Dabs Myla, Felipe mm -hmm. Pantone, yeah. things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. But, I mean, it was a dope show. Yeah. It sounds like it, man. All the fucking the the household names of graffiti and shit. Yeah, dude. So, uh, rapid fire question, resto or New York fat cap? 
Ooh, I would say New York Fat Cat. Okay, okay. Yeah, man. Who's your favorite member of Wu-Tang Clan? Ooh. I mean, honestly, I, I'm like, not even, yeah, like, I didn't even like, listen to Wu-Tang that much. So yeah. what, you been, what you been listening to lately? Lately, man, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just, I popped on that, that new Kid Cudi album. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty lit. Um, I haven't listened to all of it yet, though. Um, I do listen to a lot of reggae. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I dabble with a lot of music, man. Yeah. Like, I listen to Spanish music. I guess it just depends, like, what I'm in the mood for, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, man. But atmosphere, for sure. Okay. Yeah. You ever, so you said reggae, you ever mess with, like, um, so you ever mess with, uh, I was, see, the, I was, like, the first name, I, I, I thought King Tubby, but I was thinking of someone, like, in my brain, you know you think of someone else. You ever mess with King Tubby, though? Yeah, yeah, check that out. King, okay. Tub- King Tubby is off the chain. Okay. Uh, that's more dub than reggae, but it's like reggae, the root of it's re- reggae. It's out of Jamaica. But who the fuck was I thinking about that I was trying? I was, damn, dude. Oh, shit. Fuck, man. Um, Peter Tosh. You ever fuck with Peter Tosh? Uh-uh. Okay, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, check out I'll Peter Tosh. I'll have to get Tosh, these names dude. down from you yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, reggae is the shit. Um, yeah, music is one of those things where it's like, it's universal, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. And I, and I just listened to a range of it, man. Like mm-hmm. I listened to, you know, like Banda music, yeah, like okay, Spanish music, okay. yeah, um, you man. know, heavy on the EDM mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, the trap music, um, you know, reggae, you know, new school rap, um, mm-hmm. you know, I will, you know, I'll play some Jedi mind tricks here okay, and there. Okay. Okay. Uh, like, yo, Vinny Paz, yeah, spit that. Man. Then you feel like fighting after, though, bro. <laughs> or reading the Quran, one of the two. Because <laughs> he's always on yeah. that shit. Like, he's going to give you a gun bar, then a Quran bar. <laughs> like, wait, what? Shouts to Vinny Paz. Shouts to Jedi Mind Tricks. <laughs> oh, man. You, uh, yeah, man. So you, um, when I when you say say banda music, it's it's crazy because I think of like Aldo's nightclub, me going there on Mexican night, banda night, right? Yeah. And like every time I would go there, it's like I'm chilling, and then like all these fools, I, I would always tell my homeboy, I'll be like, dude, they box me out, and he would say, what do you mean by that? And I would say they play zone defense around me. Like <laughs> it'll be like me, and in between like the ladies, it's like a like like five Mexican dudes, bro. <laughs> and no matter where I move, like a group of motherfuckers will box me out and play zone. And I'm like, dude, like that's right. Like y'all <laughs> niggas is playing zone defense. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh man, shout outs to the Bonda, the Bonda Savages, man. Them cats, they was like, James, you ain't getting no airplay in here. We. Yeah, man. Yeah, no. All those is a different scene, man. It's like you, you walk in and you feel the tension like right away. They're like, hey, like, hey, man, you got some polo on? You yeah. at the wrong spot. That's oh man! Shout outs to the shout outs to the ladies breaking hearts and breaking pockets on Bonda night. Oh man, good stuff. So yeah, um. So back to the art, less bullshit. So now, um, <clears throat> I'm curious. So you, so you blessed us with the lovely print of Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction, right? So would you say that this is your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? I would say, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what are what, at top three were your other two outside Pulp Fiction? 
You know, I, I feel like I'm not too familiar with that many movies from okay. uh, Quentin Tarantino. Okay, okay. Yeah, he, he's got some great work, man. He's got some great work. I'm trying to think, like, if you, like, if I were to suggest someone, it depends on, like, what kind of movie you like, right? Like, um, see, because I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm a deranged motherfucker. I'd say, like, I like The Hateful Eight. That's really good, but it's, like, kind of slow, you know, but it's, I think it's a great movie. Uh, Django, that's kind of like the, everybody would say that, but, like, Jackie Brown's really good. Okay. Um, so like, if you were gonna watch a Quentin Tarantino movie, maybe Jackie Brown or Inglorious Bastards. Okay. That's a good one. Um, yeah, he has like a bunch. Of like, let's see what else. Um, yeah, I think like, and some of his older ones. Like, I mean, yeah, I think those are good places to start. But yeah, man, like definitely. Uh, and you've never seen Kill Bill? No. What? Okay, yeah, yeah, nah, fuck all that bullshit. Just watch, right, Kill, watch Bill Kill Bill 1 and 2. Okay. Just watch that shit. Fuck, the, fuck everything else. And then <laughs> after you watch that, you'll be like, okay, I understand. Yeah. And then like I'll watch the rest of them. But just watch Kill Bill 1 okay. and 2, and then you'll get it. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I feel like I probably... You know, there's a lot of movies that I've seen, but mm-hmm. I never really watched. Yeah. That, that, if that makes yeah, sense. You yeah, know, like yeah, they're yeah. on, but you never... You watch them when you're a kid, yeah. and then you never rewatch mm-hmm. them later yeah. on. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Like, you know, I, I was painting the other day, and then I had the Hateful Eight on. And it's like, I'm kind of gone. You know, you're kind of half paying attention. I was like, wow, there's little things in here that after watching it before, he it's like all the clues are there, but you don't know what to look for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. it's like, but then when you know what to look for, you're like, nigga, move. So, yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Those movies are, yeah. And, like, RZA did the score for Kill Bill. There's a, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, Uma Thurman, she was fucking. You know, you did the drawing over here ever, and she's the heroine in that movie. Yeah. It's great, uh, very well written. So yeah, man. So out, outside of logos and pet portraits, um, you you've been holding it down. So like, uh, where can they find you at on the web if they want to check you out, man? Just my Instagram, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have a, a website yet, but you know, Instagram at Made You Look. Okay. 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 So how'd you come up with that Instagram handle? You know, I think one day I just kind of like was thinking of something catchy, you know, and I like wrote it down and, uh, you know, like I stopped graffiti, but I always loved like doing graffiti mm-hmm. or like drawing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, uh, um, I looked at my, I like wrote it down. I like looked at my, my girlfriend, I think we were at Fresno state in the library and I wrote it like on a newspaper and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. Like, that would be dope, you know, like that would be a dope name. Mm. But now I just, you know, it's just my Instagram handle. Okay. Like I wouldn't identify as like, that would be my, my artist name would be yeah. like Made You Look. That now, have sense. you ever heard of the Made You Look crew from Chicago? No. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I think I did. Um, mm. at, at Fresno Arts Council, uh, Mato told me about it one mm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mato, art and BS alumni. Hold your head, man. <laughs> uh stay away from them hood rats you'll be all right so yeah uh so now what would you say because you you know it's definitely i think the thing about artists is we're complicated individuals and there's a lot of things that people don't know about us are there any things because you know if you guys are interested and you, you hear the services this guys provide you know you need the graphics you need the the connections he, he got you so what would you say uh 
Carlos, if anything, you would like, like what, what's the, the words of wisdom that you would give people that are entering the art field or they love art just in general? Um, don't be, I mean, it kind of relates back to the same answer mm-hmm. you had said for uh, Fresno Arts Council, you know, is like, don't be afraid um, to reach out, you know, to contact people directly, you know, um, you have access to all these platforms, you know, that can help you grow, you know, mm-hmm. like, like you said, closed mouths don't get fed, you know, like, um, just reach, I'll reach out to people if I have certain questions on how they did some certain design, you know, on, on a, a piece of their work or, you know, um, I started reaching out to people like, Hey, what are your flesh tones? Like, mm-hmm, how do you right. make your flesh tones for mm-hmm. your oil paints? You know? And, uh, um, it gets you a long way, you know, and the worst thing someone's going to tell you is no, or, you know, or they're going to tell you like, fuck off, don't talk to me. I don't know you, you know, but if you don't, if you're not out there, putting yourself out there, then, you know, you're not going to get far. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, man. Okay. So lastly, you got any shout outs? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I do got some shout outs. Uh, um, I'll shout out, obviously, you know, my girlfriend, thanks for hanging in there and letting me uh, nerd out on all this art stuff. Um, Mom and dad, you know, um, my siblings, uh, Chillskate David, um, he's uh, one of my good design friends, you know, and I feel like uh, it's important to have that friend that's going to tell you, like, bro, your shit's looking whack, or, you know, mm-hmm, like, yeah. I'm not feeling this one. I think you should try something else. Uh, big shout-outs to him. Um, shout-outs to DJ Bambi. And uh, I, I mentioned him already, but I'll shout-out Mike D, you know, for uh, giving me pointers on the arts and uh, – um, just being my friend. Mm-hmm. Shouts DJ Bambi. Okay. So, yeah, man. We appreciate you coming out, Carlos. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Y'all know what time it is. So, with that, you could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Catch us again next week. Same bullshit time. Same bullshit channel. Once again, this some shit I just thought of y'all. Scientific fiction that's not admissible in no court of law. I'm out of here like Vladimir. James Drell's over and out. Peace. Art and Bullshit Podcast.